0: Hey, everyone. Brian Davis here from Spark Runnel. Super excited to be spending time with you today. And I am pumped to have Stephanie Walter with us today. Stephanie is an author, real estate syndicator, retirement income strategist, and CEO of Airbay Wealth. Stephanie,
1: welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm I'm pumped for this conversation. You have a, a rich... Experience and history as a real estate investor and post real estate investor uh, into all kinds of other like tax strategies and and retirement strategies and fun stuff. So let's let's start at the beginning and then we'll work our way forward. So how how did you get into real estate investing in the first place?
1: Um, I uh, started in real estate investing like a lot of people did the single family rentals in Colorado's where I live and uh had zero education other than you know um just (laughs) like you know what what you see on tv so i just you know invested in um, properties in areas where i thought there would be growth hopefully and uh just wanted to buy you know kind of like the burst strategy i was single at the time so kind of bought turned into a rental then in a few years bought turned into a rental and uh, just happened to do that, you know, at good times. Um, but then I was uh, invited to a boot camp uh, in 2016. And that's when the concept of uh, syndication, I learned about that. And that completely blew me away. Um, I became totally focused on that. Uh, I educated myself for two years in, in the program um, and then did my first syndicated deal in 2018. 2018 um from then from then i've I've done 12 syndications with my partner um and raised about 30 million dollars that was my kind of my part that i brought to our partnership was the raising money and and i love doing that um but i i had kind of a health scare at the end of 20 uh 2022 actually december i had two different brain surgeries Wow. Um, and it made me kind of refocus myself and really understand uh, that people are not really educated, even wealthy people, but largely middle class to upper class. People are not really well educated about finance and just realize that there is a real need for people to understand you know, what their retirement is going to be and having a plan for that that mitigates taxes and and uses strategies that the wealthy use all the time. So for me, I've taken a step back from raising money and I'm just really focusing. I wrote a book um, and really want to educate people. Um, I feel like, you know, that I'm very purpose driven now. and uh realize you know you might not have all the time left in the world and want to make a you know I want to make an impact with what I'm doing um, and this seems to be it for me. <laughs> wow, well, you just you covered a ton of ground right there <laughs> um,
0: so first of all i'm'm I'm, I'm so glad that you are still with us and that and that you have your health now um, that I can only imagine how terrifying. It is going into not one but two brain surgeries, wow. um, but uh, yeah, it's it's so true that we don't like to pretend like we're we're here forever and that you know time is is no object, uh, but time is really our most precious resource. I mean, it's the one non renewable resource. You can always go out and make more money, right? You can't have add more time to your uh, to your remaining lifespan. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I I love that you came away with that, with a renewed sense of purpose. Tell us a little bit about the, the book that you wrote. I'm, I'm curious to dig more into that.
1: Yeah, I wrote a book. It's called Shattering Money Myths. Um, I just picked out kind of the top 10 myths that I recognize. And honestly, I was in the same boat when I started raising money for wealthy people. I, I, I' believed a lot of the myths that that are currently in this book, and only after working with very wealthy people that were willing to share and I was able to see what they were doing with their finances made me reevaluate where I had my money invested. I ended up changing um, selling a lot of my selling all of my rentals actually and investing them in syndications because um, the focus really should be cash flow. And, and that's a large reason why I have the freedom now to kind of do what I want. But yes, I, I focus on 10 myths um, that people believe about money that aren't true. Well, I too uh, am a, a
0: recovering landlord. <laughs> I, you know, I've owned dozens of real estate or direct rental property investments over the years, and um, I sold them all within the last few years, actually now only invest passively in syndications. So I, I want to hear more about these money myths that you wrote about in your book, because it's something I've written about myself as a freelance writer for, for personal finance and investing uh, blogs and, and websites out there. So what were some of these money myths that you uncovered as you researched uh, for this book?
1: The first one is mindset, the way that wealthy people look at money and the way that 90 90- to 95% of the population in America looks at money and I include myself in that um was I viewed money as accumulate accumulation mindset so the view is that you're most people that have a nine to five job just throw their money in a 401k they have no idea what it's invested in they have no liquidity they have no idea more most importantly of what the tax ramifications are going to be when they go to collect this money when they retire and so it's just it's i kind of view it as the grandmother that shoves everything under her her mattress and you know just uh you know doesn't really have any has no control over it and no knowledge of And that's the unfortunate thing I think about the 401k thing is that a lot of people advocate the responsibility of their finances to these money managers that, um, you know, take many fees out, uh, just, you know, a lack of knowledge of what's happening with their finances. And Mm -hmm. I compare that, contrast that to utilization. A utilization mindset is what a wealthy person has. So they're using their money all the time they know what their money what their money is invested in they know what returns they're getting they know what sort of fees they're paying their money they view their money as a like an employee their employee their money is working for them at any time um when i change just that mindset to you know have more control of my money and to know what it's invested in and be sure what is my money doing for me uh that that changed things
0: for me very quickly. Yeah. I mean, was it was it Robert Kiyosaki who talks about how like every dollar that he invests is like a little green worker who's out there working 24 seven for him? I think, uh, so. I, think, um, I think that was Kiyosaki, uh, yeah, so. uh, but, but it's a great analogy and a memorable one too, right? I mean, we're sitting here yeah. <laughs> talking about it yeah. even, several decades after I read that book. Yeah. Um, but that is absolutely the right way to think about your money is it's out there working for you and you need to be aware of how it's working for you, what it's doing for you. Um, you know, one of the, one of the financial metrics that we really encourage people to track every month is their, their FI ratio or their fire ratio, their financial independence ratio, just being the percentage of their living expenses that they can cover with passive income from investments. Um, just to keep in mind, not just their net worth, which they should also be tracking each month as well. Uh, you know, so yes, the accumulation. You know, we do want to grow our net worth, of course, um, but also, you know, what what does your cash flow look like? What does your passive income look like? Because that is an important component of this as well. Um, and you know, you mentioned tax implications of these these tax advantaged accounts and. Non-tax advantaged accounts, right? I mean, taxable accounts. Uh, so let's let's talk for a second about tax tips because I understand this is an area of of expertise for you and specialization for you is how to invest in much more tax friendly ways uh, and reduce the amount that Uncle Sam is reaching into your pocket and, and pulling all that money out. Uh, so tell us about some of some of your best tax tips, your favorite tax tips.
1: Well, I think the favorite is again sort of a mindset is that you need to look at your taxes in the sense of diversification. We hear tax treatment diversification, we hear asset allocation. Okay, not to mention that most people are not allocated correctly in in their portfolios, but um, tax treatment allocation. People just figure. Figure that they have taxes. Taxes are going to be whatever they are. There's nothing they can do about that. Nothing Mm -hmm. could be further from the truth. Uh, Taxes are the you know largest eroder of of wealth that we have, and you need to have a real plan. The secret, I guess it's a, I don't know if we consider it a secret, but there is um, a real problem that's lurking for people in their 401ks when the 401k uh program was was rolled out to people it was rolled out in the 80s tax rates were at historically high levels at that time so when people uh it was a real incentive for people to defer their taxes until later because now as many people actually truly don't know we're in historically low tax um rates historically speaking uh the income tax was rolled out in i think 1913 and um over the whole course of tax history the average tax rate has been around almost 59 percent okay so we're at about 39 percent right now we have a historically high uh you know budget or the Our deficit that we're running is like thirty three trillion dollars. So we know we know no one knows, but certainly the the mathematics of it is showing that we're in historically low rates. We're going to be going to historically high rates. So this does not make the 401k a wonderful, um, you know, strategy to be using because you're going to be paying very high tax rates in the future and Probably so i long talk long to people about addressing these there there are actually many ways in which you can address your taxes right now put money into a product that it runs it it it's very similar to a roth uh program in which you yeah oh okay. well,
0: most most employers offer roth 401ks right
1: yes yes um but there there's also the situation of this, when people get closer to retirement, and as their, uh, as the money is accruing, and we have like something which happened in two thousand eight, which is a forty percent decrease in the market, it t- it takes about people seven years to recover from that. Most people don't realize that. So there's a lot of strategies involved in which you want to address the volatility of the stock market the closer you are to retiring, as well as you want to figure out a tax-free bucket for your money. Because most people have all their money in tax-deferred bucket. Um, so it's, it's really important. And I work with people to adjust their money so that they have some income coming from a tax-free bucket so that they don't have to worry about what those future tax rates will be.
0: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of, of Roth retirement accounts. Um, most of, of my and my wife's retirement accounts or tax, tax, uh, advantaged retirement accounts, uh, are Roth accounts. And we've actually been converting money over from our traditional accounts to Roth accounts over the last five years or so. Uh, we live overseas, so we we get some tax breaks from that. We get the foreign earned income exclusion. Um, so the first, I don't know what it is now, $112,000, maybe it's a little bit more than that, uh, per year of income is tax-free for, for federal income taxes, not for all types of taxes, but for, for regular federal income taxes, um, the first 112 grand or so is, is tax-free for each of us. Um, so that has helped us with converting some of those traditional funds to Roth funds uh, without incurring a massive tax bill yeah. each year. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to your point here, most people are just not super thoughtful about these things. And some of that comes down to knowledge, right? I mean, it's, it's hard to be thoughtful about something that you don't know, have the knowledge about. If you don't know enough about it, then, then you know, you can't. Sitting right there and thinking about it, it's not going to help. But, but if you pay attention to these things and even... Even learning just the absolute basics, the fundamentals, like what's the difference between a traditional account and a Roth account, you can learn that in five minutes. And then having a little bit more intentionality, a little more thoughtfulness about where you're investing your money can make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, I don't want to talk over you. This is, this is your time. So tell us about some more either tax uh, myths or, or money myths that, that you see the middle class is making that the wealthier uh, wealthier people are getting right.
1: Well, I think the a big misconception and one of my myths is that people believe the wealthy become wealthy because they're investing in high risk investments. And actually nothing could be further from the truth. They invest in they look to get asymmetrical returns for their money. That that's really where their head is at. Um, and um, they're they the wealthy investors I've worked with are the most thoughtful um, engaged uh you know initially doing the due diligence on these deals what uh to bring up a syndication you know as a as an option is that th- these these are very easy to to do the due diligence on it's it's it will they if you're working with someone they they have to upfront or they should anyways tell you what their fees are going to be what the, the um, amounts that you receive, either monthly or at the end of the deal, are figured after their fees have been um, figured into the deal. Um, this is complete opposite of of people investing in their 401ks if they're not aware of what they're invested in. Um, they're in mutual funds. A lot of people, the average cost of a mutual fund is about three point one two percent. And so that's the first thing i tell people that want to take you know control of their finances is move those into indexed um uh options and and reduce your fees because reducing a fee from like three percent down to one or less than that percent yeah some index funds it's like
0: 0.1
1: uh Mm -hmm. fees yeah and that that when you look i there's a chapter i have in the book that talks about what fees hidden fees do over time and it it could be the matter of working 10 more years um, decade or more because of what these fees are taking out so yes i i liked what you said about being mindful Uh, there and it's um i find that that's what I try to do, you know, with people that I work with, is just make them aware of some of these things. It's not as complicated as you think it is. It may be a little scary to look at things you haven't looked at before, but as I mentioned, my wealthy investors they do strong due diligence on these these um, syndications. They know who's running the deal. They know their history. They know, uh, you know, the market. They know. All these different things are important to strategize about before you go into an investment. And then once you invest in one or two syndications with a team that's doing a good job, you, most people invest with maybe two or three uh, you know, sponsors over their, the whole course of their lives. So it's a very stable investment. It's also backed by um, a real asset, which is real estate. And if you look at what rents have done since the beginning of time, they've done nothing but go up, you know, in, um, so it's a, you know, those looking at alternate ways of investing is, is huge on, on, um, what I try to tell people to do.
0: So you, you mentioned due diligence there. Uh, what's, what's your favorite, uh, way, you know, quickly speaking here, you know, wh- what's your favorite way to, uh, or some of the things that you look for when you are underwriting a deal, when you're going through it, what do you want to make sure that that you see?
1: Yeah, I look at a lot of deals that even my you know current clients bring to me to look at. I think the most important is for me is the experience in the market. Uh, do they have experience working in this market? Uh, do they have experience with this asset class? Um, what what historically have they done with the other investments that they've been in what markets have they do they have experience in working in an up or down market um that that, that's probably the number one thing because a lot of people are real focused on returns but the returns don't mean anything if they if you don't have a management team that knows how to um you know work the property once they get it because it is it's a business at the end of the day Um, So, yeah, those are those are big things I look at. I do break down, you know, the financials and and stuff like that. But just for a beginning person, that's a great place to start.
0: Uh, That's great advice. Now, if someone is interested in in working with you on optimizing their investments, optimizing their their taxes uh, and and passing along their investments eventually to their to their heirs and their children, how can they connect with you?
1: Uh, You can go on to my website, which is www.erbewealth.com, E-R-B-E-Wealth.com. And uh, on there, you can uh, download my book um, or you can book a call to talk to me. Uh, I encourage a lot of people. There's a lot of education on my website. I think that's really the best place to start with everyone.
0: Perfect. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank really you. appreciated some of these these observations about how the wealthy do manage their money differently than the middle classes. That's an area that I find fascinating, um, trying to find, you know, how, how are the wealthy doing things better than I am or, or how the average person is uh, and, and learning from them rather than just, you know, falling back to that. You know anger or you know i think that's that is absolutely the wrong way to be looking at the wealthy as jealousy anger bitterness uh we need to be learning what what are they doing right and how can we learn how can we do that ourselves so stephanie thank you so much for doing us today we look forward to having you back soon
1: thank you so much for having me i appreciate it
0: and listeners out there if you enjoy these conversations that we have please rate review the show makes a huge difference to us only takes you a few seconds uh and then reach out anytime support at sparkrunnel.com you can reach me personally brian at sparkrunnel.com and we will catch you on the flip side did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate it's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long but packed with information